Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Culture Club. Money FM 89.3. It is drive time with Elliot Danka, Timothy Go and Chuan Tian Tian. Time now for Culture Club, where today we're talking about how experts have ranked luxury timepieces as the highest performing asset of the 21st century. Look what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> on your timepiece, I can on see. On my timepiece. Yes, uh, luxury timepiece indeed. Which is, see, it's one minute later than the actual time. See, that's what I mean when I don't look at my watch because oh, I, need, I can never be sure what the real time is. To be honest, is. you look like you're having trouble looking at the time there. My hands how, are just not With how far <laughs> you're putting it. I suggest a magnifying glass. But, you know, in this new decade, we they have outperformed these, these luxury timepieces, have outperformed the dip that we notice in other markets. Yeah, and despite the COVID-19 pandemic and recession fears, the rise and fall of crypto, the low supply paired Mm. with low fulfillment propelling this industry forward. And in fact, uh, with my particular brand, you can just watch model, not not even the brand, but the model. Right. I, I believe during the height of the pandemic, it uh, appreciated quite a lot to a point that I thought, hey, maybe I can sell this and finish funding my hotel. Was there a, a long waiting time for it? I think they don't do it anymore. So, oh, so you didn't have a waiting time for this piece? When I bought it, there was no waiting now time. Now there is. Now I don't think they even do this one anymore. Oh. I okay. think that's what Tian Tian said the last time we were talking about right. it. So, yeah. So, it appreciates in value, which I never expected when I bought it. Hmm. Well, if you're a beginner and you're thinking about trying your hand at investment watches this year, where do you start? Let's see if we can get some answers. I'm thinking about getting into this, although my wallet won't permit me. Ali Neil, who is the chairman and CEO of Future Grail. Ali, good afternoon. Yes, How are hello, you? Hello, guys. How are you? Thanks Ooh. for having me. Talking about watches, let's get the ball rolling. Uh, share with yes. us. Uh, your own journey as a watch collector, where did you start? I started back in 2009, mainly buying the modern pieces uh, on the secondary market. This is how I started. You know, it suited my lifestyle at the time. And slowly I fell in love with independent watches. uh, And after that, vintage watches and then pocket watches and artifacts. Hmm. And then where did it go from there? Um, I made it into a business uh, and my daily life. So I continued to collecting watches myself, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for uh, the museum that uh, we will open soon in uh, Future Grail. Okay. Um, so the collection will be displayed there. And then, of course, as a business at Two-Tone Vintage. So when you bought your timepieces, Ali, did you have the intention of it as an investment or you bought it because you liked it and you're going to wear it uh, whenever? So I actually buying it for both, uh, for the long-term value retention. Uh, I really wanted to park the money into something that is tangible, that uh, I can touch and enjoy, you know, while possibly, you know, appreciating in the value. So um, I think it's a mix of both. And of course, when uh, after many years you sell some watches and you see they appreciate it in value, then you realize it's actually a serious investment. Mm. And maybe you put even more, you know, into it when, when you get to know more about it as well. You know, when you learn and uh, you read and you travel, mm. I think your, your confidence, you know, you, you, you put more into watches. This is how I went through it. But to be fair, this is considered an alternative investment. How would you compare this to other asset classes like stocks or commodities? Mm, well, I come from the commodities world, uh, okay. and I know quite a bit about stocks. Uh, the only difference is actually you can't really uh, touch your stocks or your paper, <laughs> you know, shares. And basically, you have no say or control on the outcome, uh, you know, of the paper uh, paper shares. So usually, yeah. it's uh, outside factors that, 
you know, without you knowing, uh, you know, it's a different uh, class, you know, watches are tangible assets that you can, you know, enjoy and wear them. And if you buy the right things or you're well advised or you buy from the right sources like retailers or retail shops or, or trusted sources, I think you can do quite well with this uh, alternative investment. So where does one begin to uh, invest in timepieces, Ali? Because as far as I understand, it is now harder to get your hands into these um, uh, timepieces that can appreciate in time. Correct. Um, I think uh, we all uh, know how the uh, retail uh, waiting list is. It's uh, well covered, uh, you know, on the media. But I think the most important, uh, you should, you know, look at your uh, target. Uh, are you buying a watch as an accessory? You know, are you wearing it as a fashion? Or are you looking for the rare and the exquisite, you know, the, the very collectible uh, item? You know, I think that's the first thing you need to, to determine. And then you follow follow that by a little bit of research. Uh, you know, will, 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 will the watch you're buying actually make you very proud of yourself? You know, so you better save for the piece that makes you uh, feel uh, proud. You know, I think this is the right way to do it. Mm. But there has been criticism that this sort of investment can be quite speculative. What should investors stay mindful of? How, how should they approach this? I think if you don't pay the uh, the secondary uh, market on the high pieces, uh, you know, three times or four times the retail, I think you're you're in safe zone. You know, mm. so you don't have to really follow the the trend, you know, or, or follow the hype. I think you, should, you can make your own trend. Uh, you can have a different lifestyle and uh, taste from other people. So you can uh, actually start where uh, where you like and slowly refine that, uh, you know, by meeting people and collectors and dealers uh, and learn about this journey. And I think your taste will evolve from there. So there's a start, uh, you know, start of uh, every journey somewhere. So when you're looking into which timepiece to buy, which watch brand or, or model to buy, do you look at what you personally like or do you do any more research into what will appreciate in time? Um, I think, uh, you know, we know where the trends are going. Mm-hmm. So, so in a way, uh, we, know, we know where the market is, uh, is heading. Uh, so we predict some trends and we avoid others. You know, this is how we actually always advise ourselves, you know, to collect and advise our clients. Uh, you know, we, we really try to predict the trends uh, of what is undervalued in the market and avoid uh, others where it's overvalued or hyped. And we try to make a balance of these uh, of these two. But from my own experience, if you look at the long-term horizon, like five to seven years horizon, and you're not a flipper, of you just buying a watch and flipping it, and possibly buying the rare or vintage, uh, you know, or rare modern pieces, you, you'll definitely see a return. Mm. But you have to look at you know long longer time than you think. Okay, actually, on the back of uh, Tim's question and and what you've just talked about, a longer time, right? Is it better to get something that's brand new uh, and then just wait it out, or should I go for something used because it's so popular, it might appreciate faster? Mm, I think I cannot really answer that because it's a matter of taste. Uh, but I personally uh, put my money on uh, on vintage watches uh, ah. because they're they can be very undervalued. Even now, maybe there's a lot of popularity also for pocket watches. The trend is coming back, yeah, uh, worldwide. So these are very undervalued uh, segment, uh, you know, in, in the watch uh, sector. Um, and, uh, you know, vintage watches are, uh, you know, how to say, resilient uh, over time. They're very mm-hmm. resilient. And some rare pieces and unattainable pieces, of course, uh, in retail and modern pieces can, can also fetch, uh, of course, much higher prices in the future. Personal question about those pocket watches. I noticed Omega pocket watches, they tend to sort of repurpose it and, and there's a strap on it, but of course a big face, right? When you repurpose a vintage watch like that, is there an uptick in value or because it's been altered already, you don't get that 
value. Yeah, 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 actually, yeah, it's uh, less value, uh-huh. you know, if you alter the piece. Uh, that's why, actually, we always advise uh, everyone to buy uh, originality and okay. uh, perfect condition watches because they're, they're guaranteed to, to go up in value. They're, you know, rarity uh, sometimes is uh, relevant only for quality. Sometimes you have a piece that's produced 100 pieces, but there's only maybe five pieces that are in perfect condition. So it makes the value of these pieces much more valuable than the other 95 Ali, let's talk about the time to let go of an investment piece, uh, whether you buy it for personal reasons and then somebody offered you a price that, you know, is so hard to uh, object to. At which point do you tell yourself, okay, it is time because I'm making money out of this one? That's uh, basically like asking me how I time the market. Uh, <laughs> uh, and yes, and that's another thing. How do you know that it is the right price you're being offered? Uh, honestly, is uh, we are uh, in contact with the dealers, uh, communities, uh, group chats. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, we talk to collectors every day. Of course, we wake up, uh, you know, talking watches and sleep, talking watches, right. and maybe <laughs> in our dreams as well. Um, so, so we, of course, we know that what was going to happen. You know, in a few months, mm. uh, maybe. Uh, because of the demand supply, you know, always uh, is, is the best rule. Uh, so we see more and more watches coming. Then we uh, tend to warn some of the, our clients that there's more and more offers of these uh, watches. Um, so there's a way actually to, to see where the market is going. But of mm-hmm. course, we are well informed about these things due to our interactions, daily interactions. So for people who are not well informed, like let's say, you know, just normal person who bought a Rolex and then somebody just offered them double the price of what they paid for. Isn't it tempting for this person to just sell it at double the price without it has knowing? no sentimental value, why not? If, uh, he's, you he's know, if, uh, himself. if you're not going to miss it the next day, uh, why not? I think everything is for sale if you don't miss it the next day. Good point. Uh, I, I think that's that's the big thing. <laughs> right. But for, you know, so do they need to, like, you know, consult with experts like yourself and really figure out, like, is that Double the price worth it, or should I wait a few more months yeah. because there will be demand for this because it's been discontinued or or you can't get it off the retail stores anymore? I think uh, communication is free, you know, today with Instagram and all mm. of that. So, so just yeah, ask anyone. Uh, yeah. Ask anyone you want that you have some respect to, uh, you know, uh, online or uh, whatever, they will respond to you. And, of course, our channels are open. We have a showroom, a shop. You can bring your watch. We can evaluate it for you. You know, we can do authentication. Mm-hmm. So, And, of course, we are at Future Girl, uh, an education space. It's a museum space. So, you know, uh, please come and learn learn with us. You know, we are, we are happy to share. Mm. You're probably going to learn a lot when uh, Future Grail uh, hosts one of the largest collections of historical timepieces going back to the early 1800s. Tell us a little bit about this display at your private museum. Uh, yes, we prepared uh, maybe two years for the opening of Future Grail oh. uh, with a very clear vision. We want to bridge the gap in the market, especially for transparency on the quality maybe also on the provenance and the authenticity because there's a lot, especially in the vintage watches, in the uh, collectible watches uh, segment, you know, there's a lot of things that uh, buyers will not know about. So we want to bridge that gap in the market. Mm -hmm. And there's also a tax-free zone, you know, so we don't uh, have GST in the space uh, when we move the watches. This is why we choose this space to host the collection that uh, is on display. So we have uh, at any given time 150 historical watches on display that is open to by invitation. Uh, Of course, we will uh, make a grand opening uh, for the space in March uh, and we'll announce that uh, publicly. Um, And we have a lot of services in this space for collectors, you know, where they can store their watches. We do collection management uh, and we're also uh, tagging on the blockchain. 
So we have a lot of technology-related uh, services uh, for the watch industry that will basically transform the market uh, in the future. All right, I'm going to mark that date, March, and wait for your um, uh, exclusive opening date for the public, Ali. Thank you very much for that. Ali Nail is chairman and CEO of Future Grail. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good day, evening. Bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.